Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 277th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. Go get some of their equipment right now and then come back and listen to this podcast. I'm extremely humble. I'm Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the Master Chief to my katana, the podcast ride or die. You can find her on them social at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I'm good. I'm trying to like, I'm going to be focusing on slowing myself down now that I gulped a Red Bull today and some iced coffee. So <laughs> I'm going to try and make sure I pace the way I talk a little bit. You are on the, uh, the, the caffeine energy superhighway right now. You are oh, yeah. in sixth gear, just uh, redlining. I can totally see like space and time right now. It's wild. But nice. yeah, I've got, I've got to use any kind of false energy source nowadays just to keep <laughs> awake and alert. So Life is tough. You know, we've got to do what we can to survive. So mm. uh, no judgment here as I drink mm. some water from yesterday that's hasn't got that stale taste yet. But uh, You've got I, that I know future it's bottle. Fresh. That's it. Maybe you found this bottle for me in the future on that super highway. I did. Yeah, so I've got a I've got a water bottle by a brand called Lark. Not a sponsored uh not a sponsor yet, Lark, yet. if you're listening. Uh, L-A-R-Q. And yeah, there's a um like a little UV light inside the water bottle that you can you can press on the top of the lid and it uh you know, purifies the water and kills any extra chemicals and stuff and makes your water taste a little bit better. So uh thanks Lark for keeping me hydrated this Saturday morning. Mm. But yeah, if you want to sponsor us, feel free, Lark. I love your stuff. Anyway. Yep, we'll change our slogan from stay hungry to stay hydrated. Yeah. See, it's it's they're both very, very key things in life. You need to well, you don't want to be hungry, really. Or you, you want to be hungry in some facets. You don't want to be yes. hungry in the stomach. You want to be full in the stomach. You want to be hydrated all the time, but you want to be hungry to chase passions and follow dreams and try keep, new things. Yeah. Hungry for knowledge. Hungry for adventure and memories and all that. But anyway, before we go down on some self-help Tony Robbins (laughs) tangent here on Hungry Gamers, maybe we should do what we always do and uh, talk about what we've been up to this past week. Miss Hart, what's been going on in your world? It's like too much of the uh, bullshit, the non-fun stuff. So I've only really gotten to play um, Tunic a bit more. Um, Still love that game. It's like, I feel kind of bad. I feel like a little bit of a preacher in the past week because to any person that listens, I kind of said, like, I'm like, oh, you should totally play Tunic. It's a lovely game. It's really cool. You should play Tunic, whether it would be their game or not. But um, it's just been such a pleasure to play. And it's like one of those ones where it's like there's moments of relaxation and I'm just like running around with my little sword, fucking killing things. And then there's other moments where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's probably been the only, uh, source of gaming, unfortunately, that I've kind of gotten through this week, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it has that kind of playability of just like loading it up and playing it a bit and then kind of turning it off and going back to the real world. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm still yet to, to dive into Tunic, but, uh, 
it's on my it's on my list. It's one of the next few games that I'm gonna gonna experience because uh, I rolled credits officially early this week on Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, what's that? Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, Uh-oh. to to put it a little <laughs> little bluntly, um, I enjoyed parts of it very much. Then others, I just could not care much about at all. I guess is a nice way to uh, very broadly and vaguely describe my time uh-huh. with this game. Uh, there, there's some cool concepts, some cool ideas that I think they probably should have explored or lent into a lot more. But overall, it was like I didn't regret the 11 hours or so it took me to roll credits on this thing. That's actually not too bad. Yeah, like I've I've seen I was sort of because we we were recording a spoiler cast for Ghostwire this evening, so I was just sort of putting the prep work on the agenda last night, and I looked at some of the time like you know how IGN are doing things now they're like okay we 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 compared stories of four people that work for IGN to give you the average time it took them to complete the game which is good yeah yeah which is good it gives you sort of some some real world metrics to compare to and was interesting because there was the average I think for the four people it averaged out to about like 16 hours some of them took like 25 hours and I'm like I get it there's a lot of side quests and stuff you can do and map to clean up but the game, it had it hooks into me in parts and I was really invested. And then by halfway through the game, I'm like, I don't care about doing all these side quests. I just want to finish the game. So I just sort of straight lined a lot of it and just did what mm. I had to to get to the to the end goal. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty fine. It was okay. Um, not, not a game of the year contender for me, but yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Bit of, a, bit of a letdown, ultimately, I guess you could say, from me. Like, um, yeah, hear more about it this week. The Yeah, the, the spoiler cast will be up either just before or just after this episode drops. So you'll see it in that Hunger Games RSS feed and you can have some more structured and, and spoiler-centric opinions on that one. But overall, it was, it was all right. Like, it didn't... Like, I didn't regret playing it, if that's... <laughs> that's probably a shit thing to say, but... Um, I just wanted more. I was hoping for more. And it like teases you enough with some of the things they show you or put you into. And you're like, oh yeah, more of this. This is going to be great. And it's like, nah, you're going to go back to that gameplay loop again. You're like, fuck. That's a shame. There was like a lot of things that definitely um, drew me towards this game. Um, But then slowly as trailers released, more gameplay kind of dropped, I was starting to see that maybe the idea or... Uh, the concept that I thought it was going to be, um, I, I was slowly seeing it just vanish away. To me, I thought we were going to kind of get this really cool um, modern day, like Japanese horror kind of adventure kind of action game. Um, but then, yeah, as trailers kind of dropped, we saw more gameplay. I'm like, oh, this isn't scary to me. Like, mm. And to be fair, that doesn't mean that this game isn't on the scarier side. It actually could be. But for me personally... I didn't see it as a scary game. Um, uh, I liked the the uh, still the elements of like we're experiencing like yokai, like kind of folklore, ghosts, and they they lean heavily that and that's one of the awesome like probably the best part of the whole game is leaning mm. into that Japanese folklore and mythology and telling stories and and sort of just interacting with some of these spirits and the yokai and them giving you backstories that sort of almost give you a pseudo history lesson at the same time. So like, oh, okay, I understand a bit more about that in Japanese culture, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they just didn't lean into 
the horror stuff fully. Like there were some moments where there was some genuine like, oh shit, I'm like, you know, that startled me and whatever else. But they needed, I think they needed to go all in. Instead, they were sort of just like, you know, put your left leg in, you put your left, like they they were <laughs> sort of timid on the edge of the horror hokey pokey here. They should have just been all in. But um, yeah, there were some cool moments, but I just wanted more of it. And yeah, just become this exploratory walking sim with some very repetitive combat at the end of it Mm. and the story the story just didn't hook me and that's the big thing Um, for games for me yeah and it was a bit upsetting but anyway there'll be more more talk about that like um i definitely recommend it for anyone that enjoys some of that first person horror wants a bit of a different take on on some of that sort of uh, Japanese mythos that you don't get a ton of in in games, like no. um, the yeah. parts you get in that in this game is really good, but just the tone seems very inconsistent through the through the game itself. But um, yeah, yeah I was just disappointed. More than just anything. to clarify, for anyone that is on the fence, the spoiler cast has a first the first segment, which is spoiler free. Correct, right? correct. Yeah. yeah. So so typically we'll 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 talk about the game. In, in terms that aren't going to spoil anything from the narrative or the characters or the main plot points. We'll just give you a, a bird's eye view of the game, the, the good, the bad, and everything else in between. And then after that, there'll be like a... It'll be, be mentioned in the spoiler cast where it's like, all right, now we're going full spoiler where we will dive into the the massive plot points and the big character arcs and, yeah, sort of deep dive on that narrative. So, so anyone that hasn't played the game but wants a bit of a deeper dive before making the decision to throw some cash at it, you can listen to that and not have anything spoiled for you and hopefully have a more formed opinion after listening to us rant about this game from, from Tango. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted a little bit more. That's all. Mm, that's fair. That's all. I also wanted a little bit more of Halo because uh, I watched the first episode last night of uh, Halo, which has debuted on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not mind this, to be completely honest. Mm. It's uh, very enjoyable. Uh, some of the CG in, in a few of the early parts was noticeable as far as the you know the, the the contrasting of the the green screen or the blue screen or you know whatever screen they were using to, to cut some of this stuff in. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's it's a big disconnect from the primary Halo story. So anyone oh. that's a big Halo purist, just just go into this show with open eyes and don't go into it with preconceived ideas that it's going to follow story xyz just go into it and say they've taken the characters and some of that lore from halo and chucked it in here and are making something new in a way and i actually enjoyed it like uh the action was great it's a lot more violent than the games like people are getting blown up and you know there's headshots and heads are getting splattered everywhere whether it be human or covenant uh it, it feels very halo-y Okay. Uh, in, in a way, and I mean that in in the in the best possible way. There is a couple of, like little video game nods where it shifts into like Master Chief's HUD, and you've got like FPS shooter for a second. And you're watching him, you know, use weaponry and stuff, and like the Doom movie. Yeah, like, not as bad <laughs> or not as on the nose <laughs> as the Doom movie. And they don't like overplay it. Like it was only for like a few seconds at a time. Like it wasn't like a full set piece where they're running through with the BFG One and whatever man. else. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I liked it. And, uh, you know, Pablo Shriver playing uh, John 117, Master Chief, whatever you want to know him as. Captain he, he He leads <laughs> into this role really well. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a hell of an actor. Like, we talked about him last week, I think, with his, yeah, we you know, did, his SVU arc. 
and he's a hell of an actor and yeah he he um he plays it well like obviously the the vocal tone is different than the usual grittiness from the game but mm. outside of that he humanizes master chief which is something that this show does obviously a lot differently than the games you know usually these are just faceless super soldiers that are just there to to follow to follow commands and do whatever uh unsc tells them to do where this is a more humanized grounded version of him and yeah you do you do get the old uh helmet off in in this as as has been alluded to first episode like minor spoiler maybe but like yeah, it's it's something that's all over the internet as far as one of the big things they've done in this show. But but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Like it's not perfect. Uh, it's a bit cheesy, but I think you know Halo, Halo games as a whole have a bit of cheesiness to them anyway. A bit of cartooniness to them with some of the various you know like the grunts you deal meet with the Covenant army and stuff. So there is a bit of hamminess there. Yeah, it's got a little bit of Starship Trooper vibe to it as well in the best okay. possible way as far as like the Marines and the hoorah and all that. And yeah, I'm keen for more, but I was just upset that there was only one episode that dropped this week. So they're going to just do one every week instead of maybe a little stealth drop of three to get people keen. So now I've got to wait, you know, five, six days for episode two to come out. But uh, that'll be its downfall. Maybe, maybe. Or it'll just keep people coming back. I don't know. But because mm. Paramount Plus is, you know, it doesn't have a ton of con, like it's got a ton of evergreen legacy content. But as far as brand new exclusive stuff it doesn't have a huge catalog compared to you know your netflixes and and um your prime and all that other stuff so yeah it's still building that catalog but this is uh i didn't regret my time with it like i enjoyed it i was eating some pizza eating some wings i was watching this so like i was in a good happy place already and i was like yeah let's go give me some more halo yeah, well, like, it's, it's, I didn't watch it because I just didn't really feel like making that commitment last night. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what I was in for. Um, but the audiences are mixed. Like, everyone yeah. on social media is kind of mixed. I'm hearing a lot of people kind of have the same approach or same opinion as you, where it's like, you know, it was all right. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And I don't know if it's because in the lead up um it's gotten a lot of uh, negative press is that the way i should say like yeah i think that's a way to good good uh good descriptor yeah so like maybe a lot of people's expectations kind of went down a bit and so because everyone was i guess thinking the worst they were pleasantly surprised um but in the same sense i'm also just seeing people just saying this was fucking terrible pointing out things that they details that they got wrong and like like all these other kind of comments so um i i've i honestly have no idea so um i think i'm lucky that i'm not invested in halo like i don't really know much about the story i don't know a lot that i know about characters and such so i kind of get to go in as just as a person that's played one video game not the story, mind you, so just straight up PvP. Um, and I get to watch it as a viewer. Yeah, and I think I think coming at it from that angle is going to be fine. Like, I've, I've played all the Halo games. I, I know the lore reasonably well. Like, I'm not a Halo fanatic. Like, oh, you know, yeah. and the internet, often the, the tweets and things you see that get highlighted especially the negative ones are those purists where they live and breathe Halo 24-7. They'd be like, oh, how dare you use that shade of green for Master Chief's armor? You know it's actually hex key, blah, blah, blah. You fucking <laughs> idiots, Paramount. Pl-. Like, you know, just just take it for what it is and what it's not, I think. Um, 
is what you need to need to do with this. I don't know. Like what like I like I'm always against fan bases being shitty. But then in the same sense, I guess when you are picking up a very important franchise in the gaming space, um, one where a story is already laid out there for you and a lot of the um, framework the framework is just there to kind of like build off and then it is beloved it's a very iconic franchise to a very specific system I think you'd want to get as much right as possible so like I can understand if if like really shitty details have been missed like I obviously don't know what people are referencing so I don't have a point but like I could understand if like there's a lot of things there that they got wrong that maybe mattered yeah. Um, why people could be a little bit upset. Obviously, don't be shitty, but it, being upset about it and maybe being kind of like bummed out that something that you love um, maybe didn't get um, produced or represented the way that it, it could have. Yeah, so. like like look at, I guess the, the easiest comp to make is look at the, the discourse that was surrounding The Witcher before it landed on Netflix and everyone's like, oh, Henry Cavill, nah, it should have been this. Or, oh, look at who they've cast as Yen. And then it comes out and like, yeah, they they change some of the storytelling and main character beats and, and, you know, things like, uh, you know, dandelion getting changed and, and sort of weaving in just to make it more accessible on a screen instead of a video game. Um, and it worked and it feels like what they're doing. I know I've only watched one episode and what 45, 50 minutes worth of halo so far, but it feels like it works. It translates to screen in a good way. Mm-hmm. And they've taken some of that core DNA and, and made it fresh. Like, you know, we did the tweet of the week. I think it was last week or maybe the week yeah. prior where we had one of the Halo showrunners, you know, saying that that we, we aren't basing this off the narrative that's on rails from the game. You know, we're taking parts of that, but we're writing our own story here. So the fact that they got out in front of it and said, this is a, you know, this is a fresh take. Look, come at this with some new eyes instead of, preconceived notions that the story has to follow plot point a b c so on and so forth and look at it that way it's just it's good it's 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 a popcorn show like there is some story there don't get me wrong but it is just like machismo violence science fictiony actiony greatness so so starship troopers like you said yeah yeah (laughs) like yeah just replace rico with master chief and uh you know you've got you've got some uh, halo but it's 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 enjoyable like watch the first episode and maybe form an opinion yourself uh, mm. listeners and then come back and if you think i'm completely wrong hit me up because i'd love to have some banter but i just took it for what it was and it was just yeah less than an hour worth of entertainment and science fiction and aliens and all that stuff that i like with some halo in there and i'm like you know what cool i can i can get behind this hmm. i have to give it a watch yeah, give it a spin. Give it a spin. And another show I watched, completely different tone. Uh, <laughs> I binged a season on Netflix called Is It Cake? And, uh, you know, listeners, I, th- I think the title gives it away as to what this show's potentially about. Miss Hart, did you want to have a guess as to what Is It Cake is? I, I know you've sort I of... Know, I know what I the think show. it is, but the youth refer to something else as cake nowadays, so... Oh, that's true. Um, that you know, ass. They, they, yeah, so... <laughs> Could be, could be watching a show where people aren't sure if it's a bud or not. Um, is it cake? Um, but I, to me, this like sounds like the like you usually used to see clips from like Japanese shows where it's like people. I think it was like chocolate. Like they were biting into things and seeing whether it was made out of chocolate or not. So this is my assumption of is it cake? It's like one of those things where it's like 
such amazing cake art and a person kind of has to look at it and go, is that the real object or is it cake? Yeah, so, so that is correct in, in a, in a, in a cake-shaped nutshell, that's for sure. So they've got, I think, a dozen, you know, let's say somewhere between 10 and 12 cake or bake experts from, from around America and, and, and one lady from Canada. Uh, and they come onto this show and each each episode they've got um, an item or a you know a theme that gets that's gets showcased so it could be animals it could be like furniture items and things like that mm. and they need to first uh, they'll have like three contestants that'll go up and they have to guess or determine which one of these like there'll be usually four or five variants up on the stage they've got to guess which one's the cake and if they get it, they get to then pick the item out of there to say, okay, I'm going to replicate this. And then they get like three guest judges and usually actors and comedians and, and American um, influencers and all that. They come on and mm. then they have to guess and determine if they can correct correctly guess the, the baker's um, item up there. So I guess the fake one amongst like, well, the, the baked one or the cake amongst the real the items. The caked one, yeah. Yeah, and if they can make it through... They get five grand if they fool the judges, and then um, they go to a final round where there's uh, two two literal bags of money, and they've got to guess which is the real bag of money. And if they guess the the correct one, they get another five grand. So, so it's 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 impressive. Like I'm a sucker for baking shows, and Me too. seeing the skill that these people have on display to make like fake toy elephants and fake suitcases and things like that. And the way they can make the texture on the suitcase look like real leather and, mm. you know, real buckles. And like, it's such an art form, um, baking and, and or just food in general, you know, when people can do it and elevate it to that level. But it's it's really fun and really interesting. And just seeing the, the judges come on and lose their minds because they'll see five of the same thing all up there and then they've got to try and work out yeah which one is actually made of cake and not plastic or fabric or whatever yeah it's super duper impressive and it was just good background uh television while i was you know editing some podcasts and working and stuff and uh yeah is it cake on netflix uh i think there's 10 episodes it was a bit of a longer <laughs> season but um it rolled oh, well that's long yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> In comparison to some of these other other shows yeah, out there, but yeah, it is a cake. Um, highly recommended. Definitely eight bit approved from my side because I was invested. I love me a cooking show, like or a baking show, and anything with a weird angle to it. I'm all on board, so I'll definitely be watching this one in the next week. Or yeah, so. definitely. And then one that we sort of uh, touched on offline that we'll probably talk about more in the coming weeks is Baking Impossible, which is another <laughs> phenomenal baking show where they bring together a, a star baker and an engineer and sort of bridge those worlds and make certain things where they're mixing in the engineering side with baking to do all kinds of challenges, and it's great too. Yeah, that that was that was one of those ones where I'm like, this looks stupid, and then I sat there and watched it. So, yeah, yeah. got to watch more of that one. Phenomenal, but there's so much good stuff, and and things we'll touch on um, later on in this episode as far as what's coming up this week too. Some uh, mm. some other big things hitting the big and small screens. So plenty of things to uh, keep you occupied. Uh, quick little bit of housekeeping before we jump into the news. Obviously, if you wanted to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit from the starting price of $1 per month. You can get access to exclusive perks, automatic entries into our giveaways, 
and also exclusive access such as podcasts and other 8-bit related swagger. If you wanted to get some swagger on your person, you can obviously head over to shop8bit.net, get yourself t-shirts, hats, hoodies, everything else in between. A ton of fantastic video game and pop culture related themes over there. So shop8bit.net. And I uh, just wanted to announce that our May, or not our May, our, Mar- our April giveaway, I should say, is officially live now. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, we're going to be sort of bridging in from March to April. But our, our April giveaway is live and we are going to be giving away an ADG1 gaming headset courtesy of our friends at Audio Technica. To go into the draw, all you need to do is simply drop us a message on the socials, obviously at We Are 8 Bit, or if you want to hit me up individually at Brendan 8 Bit, you can do so and I can curate those responses from there too. Or if you want to kick it a bit old school, send us an email, hello at 8bit.net, and just simply send us the code word. And that code word is Miss Allie Hart. What? Halo. There you go. The code word for this month is Halo. <laughs> I, a uh, little bit inside baseball. I did not vet this with Ali at no. all. I just threw it out of there, and that was always my plan. And I, because I just wanted to see where we we're going to go with it. So I was reading it along with you, and then you're like the code word, or code word, which is, and then I saw it was blank, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear what the code word is. And then he looks at it to me, and I'm like, you bastard. So it's Halo. <laughs> Code yeah, word is so Halo. Uh, yeah, message us on the socials or drop us an email, hello at 8bit.net, with the code word Halo to go in the draw. And if you're already subscribing to us via co- KO, like via Kofi, so ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8bit, you get automatic entries and you get also more entries depending on the tier you are subscribed to us at. So uh, you've got a couple of different ways to get involved and get your entries in there. But yeah, the code word is Halo. So on the socials or at the email, hello at 8bit.net to go in the draw for a Audio-Technica gaming headset and some other 8-bit related swag we'll toss in there too. But that brings us to the end of the housekeeping. So let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. And this first little quick hitter made me laugh audibly last night <laughs> when I was reading this uh, news doing the rounds. So uh, obviously, Stranger of Paradise, the Final Fantasy Origin game that came out uh, in the last week or so, um, has had major performance issues on PC, partly caused by the most hilarious thing imaginable. It turns out hair and fur textures absolutely tank performance with Twitter user Akira JKR reporting frame rates as low as 8 FPS due to said hair and fur. Fortunately, modders have found a way to mitigate the issue, albeit in a rather drastic way. Reddit user Morrison Gamer has adapted a tool to toggle shaders on or off to improve performance, including one to make everyone in the game bald. If you can tolerate the hair loss, you'll be compensated with a considerable gain in frame rate. Oh my god. Like, I actually have, like, I've watched a lot of content from this game, and I can't say that I recall, like, hair particles and all that sort of stuff being really defining graphical features of this game like it's one of my biggest kind of not complaints but something I've definitely I focus on especially as we um develop games more and more and like you know increase graphic fidelity all that kind of bullshit I'm always pointing out that we still can't nail hair um we can't seem to get hair right um so I'm wondering if maybe they just tried really hard and we all know Final Fantasy characters have some of the most outlandish hairstyles so maybe they just went a little too crazy this time yeah, it, it cracks me up. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's rare that a game 
can nail not only the look of hair but the movement like we've mm. talked on and off with with horizon Aloy's, Aloy has got a glorious head of hair and the braids and the Oof. free-flowing locks. But, yeah, certain wind picks up in that game and the hair is you know, flying in, around She's in a permanent pantine ad and, like, she's just standing there talking to someone and her hair is just, like, still flicking, like, you know. Yeah. Like, what is it touching? Like, so wild. Yeah, so, so, so maybe, uh, maybe Square needs to talk to Gorilla about uh, you know hair coding benefits that that they learned from Horizon, but uh, this just cracked me up. Like I, I love the fact that you can just turn every character in the game bald, male, female, or otherwise, in there to uh, ensure you get those juicy high frame rates. But uh, no doubt they're probably going to patch this game in the future to hopefully offset that. You'd maybe, think. maybe You'd think? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with this game. It seems like people who have positive things to say about this game say it in a very endearing way kind of like a mm, it's it's very sweet and it tries very hard um i i it doesn't seem like anyone has much um of a serious love for the game so i'm not too sure Mm, it hasn't reviewed too poorly which no i don't want to sound like an asshole when i say this which kind of surprised me because when they announced this game a lot of people it doesn't have the best um, coverage. Yeah, and, and it's like it's it's very un Final Fantasy. Like as far as the mainline games, obviously they've lent into that Soulsborne genre and lent into the chaos. So much mm-hmm. chaos in this game, and befriending people over the love of rocks. But uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. But yeah, it was getting like you know sevens, eights, and above by some outlets. So surprising, mm-hmm. you know. It's maybe maybe they played on console. And the uh, the frame rate issues regarding sexy hair wasn't as apparent on the console. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Stranger of Paradise, you want to want to get those higher frame rates and uh, not impact your your PC load. Uh, yeah, get that mod by Morrison Gamer in there and uh, <laughs> turn all your characters bald. I could never do it because uh, I'm too vain and my head's too round. But uh, anyway, you can do it in Stranger Paradise and uh, get those juicy frame rates. All right, the next one is a big strong rumor. And uh, PlayStation could unveil its upcoming subscription service as early as this coming week. Bloomberg reports that PlayStation's Xbox Game Pass competitor will get a proper unveiling soon. The site previously reported that PlayStation was working on a similar service under the codename Spartacus. Sources say PlayStation will have a splashy lineup of hit games, in quotes, and will officially merge PlayStation Plus with PlayStation Now, Sony's cloud streaming service. So we've sort of touched on this here and there over the last few few months and even years, you know, will they, won't they? And they certainly sounds like they will. And there's been uh, breakdowns on potential tiers of how this would be priced up and what you get for said tiers. But mm. uh, we might have a little official announcement coming our way this week to see uh, what Sony's going to do in response to a uh, big old Xbox Game Pass. It's It would be interesting to see the value um, in contrast to Game Pass. Like if one thing Game Pass has kind of done is really really you know shown what its value is what its value is there and then obviously with these acquisitions of other studios from microsoft we can only anticipate that even more value is going to be added so playstation kind of jumping in now and you know doing something similar and i guess what's going to be the competitor game pass um i think we're all going to be definitely looking at looking at it with a fine tooth comb because like you just you're going to want to be like you know seeing who has the better value right 
hundred percent. And like I, I did a little tweet share because they Xbox and Microsoft did um, some official sort of announcements and breaking down some statistics based off Game Pass um, at GDC. And uh, just some of the hit points there that were showcased on a lot of these slides was um, subscribers uh, play 40% more games after joining Xbox Game Pass on average. Uh, Games on average see 8.3 times the lift in players when they're on Game Pass. So any game on Game Pass is getting over eight times the coverage and player base uh, based off that attachment to Game Pass. Day one launches see a 3.5 times lift in players for large publishers. Indies see 15 times player base lift because of Game Pass. Subscribers are also spending 50% more on average when they're attached to Game Pass where they oh. might be buying you know, potential DLC and additional expansions. expansions. And indies see triple-digit revenue growth when they're attached wow. to Xbox Game Pass. So you can see the value that Game Pass currently provides developers both big big and small but also you know if sony are to follow that blueprint you can see the potential there for further developers to extend that player base and visibility and you know it's it's a win for gamers these types of services so hopefully sony delivers something that's as um exciting and has a good amount of value attached to it and can yeah get more more eyes on people's product that's ultimately what this is for yeah, definitely. I don't usually associate PlayStation with being more of a headstrong like indie um, showcaser, but like to be fair though, I usually look for things on Xbox when it comes to like indie titles, and just because you know I enjoy the controller more on a on a fucking Xbox. So, but that's my own thing. But it those numbers, like hearing that indies like actually have a fifteen percent like increase in people playing the game. Um, as well as the figures of um, how much money they get. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just positive then. More for the gamers, more for the developers, more for everyone, I guess. So. That's it. U- ultimately, Sony jumping into into this this gaming space with this you know codename Spartacus, it's a win for everybody and it's a very pro-consumer move from Sony, mm. which is something we can't always say they do often. Like We can't dispute that they're the kings of console gaming and, and have got just about all the best IP in that space as well, but they haven't been as <laughs> pro-consumer as Xbox have been and continue to be. But also that's Xbox's way to try and, I guess, pull market share back too because they need yeah. to be more pro-consumer. And it's it's nice to see. It's it's awesome and I'm excited to, to sort of hear and watch this announcement and see what they're bringing out with Spartacus and everything else that that uh, consists of. So uh, we might be reporting on this in an official capacity, uh, you know, this time next week. Yeah. The next one, the game that can never die, <laughs> Rockstar has announced GTA Plus, a new subscription service for Grand Theft Auto Online will only be available for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S versions of the game and will launch this coming week on March 29th. GTA Plus will cost $5.99 US dollars per month and provide subscribers with a recurring monthly bank deposit of GTA $500,000, ensuring players will have plenty of cash to spend in the online open world. There'll also be a wide range of members-only bonuses, including exclusive properties, vehicles, upgrades, discounts, and cash-slash-RP bonuses. Rockstar also mentioned that there will also be the ability to unlock gameplay updates that you may have missed out on, end quote. Don't really know what that means, but um, could be suggesting previously limited time content may be accessible only via GTA Plus. So the Money Factory has just added another building 
to said factory <laughs> and uh you know that that revenue that they're going to be making month on month already is going to multiply even further miss hart this is wild to me because i never really thought that um rockstar needed any like obviously like the obviously a company always wants to make more money but I, I never thought that there would be this necessity to kind of even reach out further and do, like i don't think i ever would have thought of something like gta plus like a subscri- a subscription thing for gta online like it's bananas. A, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird to me. Um, especially like what you get out of it. Obviously, there's there's a lot of like just dedicated um, players. Like I don't know, I don't know how much this would. Imp- well, actually, I guess it wouldn't unless because the no pixel stuff is strictly PC, isn't it? Strictly PC. Yeah. So that it doesn't affect them. Um, so yeah, it is just people who play GTA online all the time, and they want to have exclusive stuff, and they want to get that you know gta money which is only five hundred thousand. i don't know why to me that doesn't sound like a lot yeah and, and even um <laughs> even if, if you're like a, a a prime member or a twitch prime member every month you get a, a a drop of gta funds i think it's a million i think don't quote me but i get it every month i haven't logged into gta online in i don't know two years or whatever so I'm yeah it's been a while a bounty of money just sitting there waiting for me but you can get that included in your prime membership as well so anyone that's using prime needs to to jump into that prime gaming space and and assign their accounts and marry all that because you get so much stuff out of that prime membership monthly which is phenomenal but yeah this is just uh rockstar putting yet another hand in the cookie jar and it's <laughs> insane that this game Next year has will have officially been out for a decade. Ten years GTA Five has been out for, and they're still bringing out stuff like this. And like I understand it because this game is just embedded in the top ten sales charts every single month. Like yeah. it does not drop out. Like people are still picking up this game, brand new, and experiencing it in whatever regard. So uh, you know, it's it's a smart business move. But it's like, do you really need more money, Rockstar? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, the only other thing, like, I'm thinking is that they're just trying to do some kind of, like, nest egg for the next one. But, I mean, you've been around for so long. You've been getting so much money for so long that, like, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, it's 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 an interesting choice and people are going to buy it and the world will keep on spinning, unfortunately. So mm. The rich get richer, you know, mm. <laughs> but... Maybe like like I'm not embedded in GTA Online. Maybe what I mentioned there, as far as that five ninety nine price point, maybe what I said you get with that, maybe that's enough value for people to go. You know what? What's what's six dollars US a month? You know, I'm trying to that? think how much they sell those shark cards, but shark cards are like millions, right? Mm. I'm pretty certain like the base one is either a million or five million. So, I mean, yeah. if you just want the money, just buy a shark card. Yeah. But then you don't get access to previous timed content via Shark Hunt. So the ex- they, they get you. <laughs> it's the exclusive buildings because there's a lot of times I'm like, man, I wish I could buy that house. But hey, you want to pimp your ride and pimp your pad as much as you can. Mm. Some other news, uh, a, a game that we're still waiting for uh, that doesn't have a, a, any type of plus $5.99 membership. We've got to wait now a little bit longer. And this uh, bit of news... Pulling it down from at Sefton Hill, who is one of the the people behind Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. He uh, dropped a tweet earlier this week and said, we've made the difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League to US Spring 2023. 
I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going into making the best game we can. I look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thanks for your patience. So obviously we had a had a delay of this game announced a month or two back, but they didn't really say specifically when. It was, you know, alleged mm. that it was going to be the back end of this year. But they said, you know what? We're, we're kicking this into 2023 now, which sucks, but it's a part of this industry and it's fine if it means this game's going to come out and be a 10 out of 10 as opposed to a 7. I'm glad to wait. Yeah, I'm 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 totally okay with this pushback. I'm actually pretty surprised, but like they must be going for like goodness because we've seen we've seen I think we've seen a little bit of in-game content and then we've also seen um just the general cinematics and the universe that they're trying to, you know, build into and how that looks and how it's designed. Um and if they're if they're not reaching the, you know, the 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 goals that they've you know originally set in place to next to, in order to execute the kind of game that they want to put put out there then I'm okay with the delay I'm just like they must be really aiming really really high to get um a game of the year quality um, game out so yeah do what you got to do exactly exactly and I think um if this game was to was still to come out at the back end of the issue maybe it'd just be too close to competition with Gotham Knights as well, like two two games so. from that universe, both dropping in that holiday period. So spring twenty twenty three could be anywhere from what you know January to April potentially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so it's still not too far away. Like it's it's twelve months is a is a big chunk of time. But I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be sharing the year with Breath of the Wild too though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But hopefully uh, big old King Shark will allow this game to sort of uh, stand alone as you uh, probably eat people on your way to uh, you know, killing killing the Flash and Superman and what have you. So uh, mm. yeah, we'll see. We'll get no no doubt some more announcements and maybe some more slices of gameplay of this as, as the months roll by. But yeah, we'll not be playing this game this year. Spring 2023 of US. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, is what it is. Uh, the next bit of news... It looks like Fortnite surprise no building mode is going to become permanent. Fortnite data miner Tway revealed that the game now features solo, duo, and trio modes in which the option to build is turned off. Another data miner, Hypex, found that the game's loading screen tips have been updated to say in modes with building enabled, which implies Epic intends to keep the game mode around for at least a while longer. Epic has a history of trialing new game modes in Fortnite, only to later make them a permanent feature of the game when they become a big success. The no building mode appears to have met that threshold, with players reporting server queues of over an hour to play it. So, yeah, this came out this past week um, in conjunction with Doctor Strange making his way to the Fortnite universe, Mm. where they've kicked building to the curb at least temporarily, which it seems a lot of the internet is all about. Like so many people are jumping into Fortnite either for the first time or the first time in years and going, holy shit, I love this game now because there's no fucking building. And I'm maybe wanting to go in and play it without this Me too. I want to try play it now that it doesn't have the building. (laughs) Let's try and squad up together and see how it goes. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see if we actually... um... (laughs) <laughs> if we actually can play the game or not i just remember like way back when and apologies to whoever it was that kind of tried their best to show me the ropes of fortnite and i just said like i just could not wrap my head around it the building was just it just was not how i was <laughs> how i was built to do a first like a battle royale or a shooter so um you know i love minecraft and i love me some uh 
uh, <laughs> play to play combat, but I don't combine the two with like guns, unfortunately. But now, now that it's out, maybe, maybe I'll give it a go. Maybe yeah, I like it's it. It's certainly like it's certainly made me sort of sit back and go, hmm. Okay, I see what you're doing there, Epic. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to go back. Maybe. But then, uh, this, then there was another part of me that merely thought, "Shit, I've been shunning this game for so long, and I've missed all these skins that I really probably wanted, and now I'm going to roll in with some stock standard shitty skin that I had from like four years ago, and I'm going to look like an idiot." So, uh, <laughs> first world problems. All right. Um, on on the topic of battle royales, we've got another bit of news. We had a giant Apex Legends leak, which has apparently revealed nine new heroes and much more. So years of potential Apex Legend content, including the nine new heroes, has seemingly leaked online. As reported by Charlie Intel, an anonymous Reddit user published a now deleted file of Apex Legends content that included gameplay footage, detailing a number of previously unseen heroes. As publisher EA has yet to reveal or confirm any of the supposed leaks, all of the new characters and abilities must be taken with a pinch of salt. But Apex Legends does have an infamous leaking issue with data miners often revealing new content ahead of official sources. The 15 leaked videos shows off new maps for arena mode, weapons, including something called the Nemesis BAR and the Fnatic Energy Pistol, as well as cosmetics alongside actual gameplay of the new Legends in action. Those new playable characters have names and are listed as Calibre, Catalyst, Conduit, Jester, Newcastle, Phantom, Scryer, Uplink, and Vantage. The new legends can also be seen in the roster screenshots doing the rounds on the internet and all seem to have a full list of abilities. Newcastle was featured extensively in one in one video who's described as a mobile defender that can create cover and revive teammates. And then it goes on to break down some of those abilities and what you can do with Newcastle. But boy, howdy, um, this feels like it's pretty legit. And yeah. Respawn are probably just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel so bad when this sort of stuff happens. Granted, I also deep dive and see what they found because the curious mind. But I feel bad because, like, you know, you're putting all this time and effort into, like, all this content and they obviously, um, you know, have all these, like, pathways on how they're going to release and obviously meeting quotas and keeping things relevant and exciting and wanting people to come back or continue playing so having this information leaked and then people and only having some information leaked as well so people then get ideas in their heads and then they try to kind of figure out what you know what the players or what the abilities will be and then maybe they'll be disappointed when it actually comes out who knows but um like I did look at it, look at the stuff. Um, some of these character designs look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there's a few that I was curious about. Phantom looks wild. Phantom looks like some, like, like I, I couldn't even like define like what the facial like the because it was one of the headshots that you usually see in the character select mode. Um, I was trying to figure out exactly what the design was there, but it looks like uh, Phantom could might maybe be in the same crew as like Bloodhound. Come That's from that what same I tribe. thought. Yeah, it kind of it kind of had that kind of design to it, and like Newcastle was like a knight, like it yep. was essentially just like a, a knight kind of design as well. Um, but yeah, like data miners exist. I wonder how they got access to this sort of stuff. I obviously don't know how um, developers code this kind of information and how it could possibly be accessed. But I mean. 
it's out there and I guess I'll have to either make a statement. I feel like Apex is actually usually pretty good too with like making statements if the, when this sort of stuff kind of happens. Mm. So I feel like maybe they'll they'll say something about it soon. But it's true. The original post was um, removed from the Apex subreddit, but then someone else grabbed all of it and put it in a Google Doc. So... <laughs> Once it's out, like once it's on the internet, it ain't never disappearing. Like, exactly. Th- th- there'll be people, yeah, hoarding over that information for for years and years. But mm. um, yeah, it's interesting, and and I guess that's the next probably two years of of potential planned content for Apex because you know you get a new character every every main season, mm. and having those um you know nine ish characters announced, yeah, that's that's two ish years worth of content if you're getting one new character every quarter or so. So yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, it's not going to dent the hype and and um, rabid fan base that is uh, behind this game. Like, the game's still just popping off and uh, is is very beloved. And now we're seeing a lot of positive spin with it being on mobile now. But yeah, it's a bit a bit of a shame that there, there's a bit of a wet sail now behind some of these announcements that will still come out in an official capacity down the line. But knowing that smart people on the internet maybe have already seen it like aha i know all about newcastle you fools this isn't exciting but uh yeah it it just shows that that they're heavily invested in this game more than anything else and they want to continue supporting it into the future and you know many years beyond that's true yeah that's actually a very good point yeah but we'll see we'll see more of this uh yeah when when ea and or uh, respawn actually Give us those official announcements with the fantastic trailers and everything else that comes with it. And um, yeah. yeah, the last, last bit of news here I've titled uh, The Witcher X Link's Apollo collaboration has been all but confirmed. Um, you know, that's a bit of a bit of a shout out to the old uh, Link's spray on deodorant. I was an Apollo boy back in the day. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people with Africa and Java, but uh, boo them, Apollo all the way. Anyway, getting this back to a video game discussion flashbacks uh, of high school <laughs> ah links 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 it's still a thing i think but like you don't really see it anywhere no you, you don't i just yeah it's just remembering that for some reason you you guys thought it got rid of the spell no it covered it and sometimes it just mixed in there and made its own wonderful disgusting concoction yeah and Any, now- anyone anyone out there that still thinks brown deodorants stop you from sweating and stinking i got some hard truths for you people that's not the case <laughs> no it's not gonna work when the damage is already done let's it's just not say that. the case get yourself a nice like one of the dry roll-ons like i'm a i'm a um a speed stick guy or like i think it's a like a menon one is the brand of it now but it's you know like that sort of dry like you don't want one of those old wet ball roll-on rexona balls you want the dry stuff that'll got like it goes on dry to keep you dry and that's that's the stuff you want that's going to mask that stank and stop you from <laughs> sweating through your t-shirts and another shirts, possible so. sponsor right there yeah that's it <laughs> hit me up hit me up i'm very pro on the uh on the dry roll-ons and things it's uh helped me get through many stressful situations over the years don't think that spray on deodorant is gonna stop you from stanking that's the big thing <laughs> anyway, anyway back to the witcher <laughs> That was my bad, sorry. Old man rant over. (laughs) So the internet was sent into a frenzy this week when CD Projekt Red made an announcement that work has officially begun on a new Witcher game. It's first since 2015. 
City Project Red's Global Communication Director, Robert Malinowski, has gone on to confirm the medallion featured in the single graphic, I must say. So they've announced this on uh, social media. It was one graphic of a medallion in the snow. Mm-hmm. And then they've also said on the back of that that the work has begun on the game. They're utilizing the Unreal 5 engine and a few other little bits and pieces, but that was the main takeaway. But yeah, this new Witcher game is based on a Lynx, which is seemingly being invented for the new game. The previous game's protagonist, Geralt, is from the School of the Wolf, his Witcher Guild, and the other schools are the Cat, Griffin, Bear, Viper, Manticore, and Crane. The game announcement made this past week on March 21st left fans debating whether Siri might be the main character of the new game. The School of the Lynx doesn't dispel this idea, as while Siri already wears a School of the Cat medallion, one could, for obvious reasons, lead to the other. The School of the Lynx would therefore be a brand new school that City Project Red creates for The Witcher 4, for lack of an official name for the game at the time. Um, this isn't particularly unusual in itself, as Andres Sapkowski's original book series only featured the Wolf, Cat, and Griffin schools, and CD Projekt Red has previously invented the others that I mentioned just prior. While there's no official school of the links in the books or games, a popular Witcher fan fiction features the guild in a story based on other existing Witcher characters, Lambert and Kira Metz. There's no word on whether CD Projekt Red was influenced by any of these stories, though, meaning the tease of a brand new school essentially sends theorists back to step one. So, Mm. the biggest takeaway about all this, Miss Hart, we've got a new Witcher game on the way. Um, Yeah, there's no official naming convention. I'm assuming they're probably going to want to disconnect and step away from the journeys and stories of Geralt and make a new character. We've got the School of the Lynx, which is obviously different from the School of the Wolf, where uh, you know Geralt has uh, honed his craft over the years. One thing that I would be all about with this with this school of the links is the game starts up and it just drops you into create a character mode and you make your own witcher i would be all for that you shape your male or female witcher that is going to be going to this school of the links and yeah you can weave in stories and characters from the greater witcher world but you have your own witcher and you know make them look like there's probably some set stories and narratives that they'd go upon but you can shape them the way you want. And that's what I would love. That actually might get me to play a Witcher game if I get to create my own character, because then it is essentially just an Elder Scrolls game, kind of, pretty much, sort of. Um, just with more sex. <laughs> Not enough sex and, in Elder Scrolls. And more Scrolls. curse words. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any sex in Elder Scrolls. Like, obviously, you can marry, but you never yeah. have sex. Yeah, you somehow you can have kids do. in it, but you don't have sex. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I recall any of that sort of business. You can fuck a lot of things up, but not in the <laughs> traditional sense. Yeah. <laughs> Hard F. Um, but, I, like, I, I did, this announcement did cause a lot of kerfuffle, though, because then a lot of people were like, so wait, is this a Witcher game? And then I think someone said, well, no, it's not officially a Witcher game. It's going to be something different. It's going to be in the universe. And then some people got upset because they want another Witcher um, I wonder if they're going to start going down actually like an Elder Scroll Elder Scrolls kind of uh directive with the game franchise and like call it The Witcher or something and then do like subtexts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that way they might be able to take themselves away from Geralt and all the other ragtag gang that you're familiar with. Yeah, it makes sense. Like you don't want to just be known as the game that has 
Geralt as the as the face of it. Yeah, you want to differentiate. Like, I wouldn't be upset if if Siri is the the primary that you can control as well. But I think just the potential where they're saying here they're building a new school and building out that universe and maybe creating their own law. It's the perfect, perfect opportunity for them to say, yep, and you get to make your own Witcher. He's the character creator. You know, you, you can make them look the way you want, you know, scar, tattoo them, hair color, eye color, height, weight, you know, whatever it is, you know, get a nice, dense character creator. Like, you know, we, we saw in some aspects what you can do with like Cyberpunk 2077 as far as mm. making your own character. Uh, you chuck this in here and you can customize your your witcher den- genitalia to your heart's content if you like. Hopefully it all stays in the clothes when you're playing the game and just doesn't randomly pop out as you're trying to kill some kind of hell beast. But uh, yeah, I think it would be awesome if you could create your own witcher and then just have your own experience in a way to make this game so much more personal. Yeah, I I would actually be up for that. Like, that would actually have me interested. So, um, hell knows when we're going to get more information, but yeah. Yeah, like we were saying, like in jest before we recorded here, that we, we've got one static graphic. There's no gameplay, mm. there's no trailer, there's no nothing. So, this game could be five years away. It could be 10, look, we don't know how many years. It could be, it could, it's, it's down the line far. Yeah, if cyberpunk's anything to go off, we're not going to see it for fucking ten years or whatever. Yeah, Six, but seeing seven? them also um, get away from the red engine, which uh, you know what, which the the Witcher games are running on, and say yeah. we're, we're partnering up with Unreal, that's interesting. But on the back of that too, maybe we're going to see that next evolution in uh, graphical fidelity for this franchise too. So uh, mm. I'm excited for this, but yeah, I just want to make my own Witcher, please. Yeah, yeah. But this also goes down that track where I'm like, oh, we better see something soon because if you're doing this thing where you're just like dropping hints and you're just going to keep on dropping breadcrumbs and it's not for another five years, then don't bother. Don't don't Elder Scroll friggin' Mountain View me, please. Mm, well, we didn't even get that. We just got a got a medallion in the snow. Yep. <laughs> you know, we didn't e- we didn't even get a yeah a, a scrolling Emotion, mountainside yeah. <laughs> with a floating graphic popping in. We got. A fixed static image, but I'm still excited. And yeah, I just knowing internally that this game is, yeah, probably many years away kind of sucks, but I've got faith that they can recapture the the magic that was the Witcher games. Like obviously CDPR copped a ton of flack for Cyberpunk and rightfully so. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they've learned from those mistakes and this Witcher game, you know, in working like working title Witcher game, Witcher game yeah. comes out whenever it comes out and it is just boom revolutionary and perfect and special so uh yeah we'll see we'll have an update on uh what's happening with this game on maybe episode uh 350 who knows <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh but if you don't want to wait until episode 350 for some updates and some new games you can check this out new releases and events all right, from a podcast standpoint, outside of our THG 277, which you are actually listening to right now, uh, we've also got the spoiler cast for Ghostwire Tokyo available on the same THG RSS feed. As far as TV, it's the episode two of the Halo series on Paramount Plus is there. If you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber as well, you can go in to see your perks and benefits through that hub and they've got an, a promotion where you can get i think it's three months of paramount plus is it three months oh. so you can jump on in there and 
potentially watch Halo for free. Then you can jump across and watch Yellow Jackets. And then you can jump across and watch 1883. Then you can jump across and watch the the new season of Dexter. And uh, then you can go back and watch a ton of old content because there's so much on Paramount+. Plus. It's ridiculous. But a lot of it is, yeah, older stuff. But uh, yeah, that's out this week. And also Moon, Moon Knight is uh, debuting on Disney Plus this coming yeah. week as well. I don't know if all six episodes are dropping in one hit or if it's going to be a weekly drop between now and, um, you know, the end of April slash early May. But this is a standalone run, six episodes only. They're saying they haven't planned to do a second season. So this is a one shot that's going to introduce Moon Knight and see what Oscar Isaac is going to do now and then into the future, into the broader MCU. But uh, I'm excited. Um, it's coming out in May. So this will this will weave nicely where we're gonna yeah. go Moon Knight into Obi Wan and then into um other things as well, like Miss Marvel, I think follows on the back of Obi Wan as well. So that's uh, what happened like last year, right? We had one division, then we had Mandalorian, and then we had Loki, or maybe it was vice versa, I don't remember, but And like, then we got uh yeah, um Winter Soldier and Fal- Falcon and Winter Soldier as well, like And Hawkeye. And Hawkeye, they're smart where they have like maybe a couple of weeks of downtime sometimes between each of these new shows coming out. It's, it's mm. very smart to keep eyes on the old uh, Disney Plus product. Mm. But I'm excited. Yeah, Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, Moon Knight, let's go. Oh, what's that Ethan I've got to remember. Oh, that horror Ethan... movie where he's yeah, wearing that Black mask? Yeah, Black Phone. Yeah. I think it's, it's got to be close to out. It has to be out soon because I remember it got pushed back and then it got pushed back again. Um as I go and look into this. Oh, June 24th. Ah. Well, that's that's in the US. Okay, so that's probably uh, October yeah. for us here in Australia for any of those more, less, less uh, you know, big blockbuster films. But hopefully we can get, get lucky because that horror movie looks phenomenal looks too. Really I'm, good. I'm in for that. But if you don't want to wait till June for movies, obviously this week as well here in the AU, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Morbius dropping... Both this uh, this coming Thursday for us in Australia. Uh, I'm going to try and watch both these suckers between now I'm and a- um, THG 278. I'm not gonna I've Morbius probably got higher hopes for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 than I do for Morbius. Well, there's like uh, reports that early screenings of Morbius is not good. Everyone just says it's a mess. I, I envision it's going to be of the same caliber of Venom and stuff. Probably. And if it exceeds that... That's a win, but yeah, for if them. for some reason it's below that, oh boy, howdy! Um, it's it's just going to be evident that uh, they just need to allow uh, the like Marvel to handle these movies and, and less less interaction and and puppetry by Sony. Just say take all these IPs back, Marvel, and you do them all because we clearly can't make them good. Yeah, but hey, Sonic the Hedgehog two also has been getting good remarks. Good it looks good. And the more trailers I see, the more I'm like, this is just becoming the video game. Like these battles with Dr. Robotnik and Sonic and Taylor's where they're in like a plane dodging all the missiles. I'm Sky like, Chaser. it's the video game now. Yeah. Like, let's go. That's one of my favorites uh, from Sonic 2 is the Sky Chase Zone. And it's the helicopter and it's got the ship and everything. And um, we did, clearly are seeing like um, not not Emerald Hill Zone, but we're seeing like kind of like tropical, him being in an area where there's like tropical plants and such. Um, a lot of people are saying that they want to hear um, the chemical zone as well, um, which is probably one of the best um, 
songs out of the Sonic, well, the early Sonic. I can't, you know, say. Is, is that the, the song that sounds very much like Accidentally Kelly dun, Street? I could keep going. You could. Play us out, Ali. <laughs> but I'm, see, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, Obviously. so that's the app this week. So we've got two movies, one that I think will probably be fantastic, one the less fantastic. But I uh, will uh, yeah, try and check them both this week and report back on THD 278. As far as games coming out this week, Crusader Kings 3 dropping on console, uh, WRC 10 on the Switch, Aerial Knights Never Yield on mobile, Death Stranding's Director's Cut on PC, Moss Book 2 for PlayStation VR, and Weird West on all the mainline consoles and PC will not st- uh, not switch, but the PlayStation Xbox variants. So a, a good uh, a good six games there, a good half dozen games to uh, mm. to dive into if you've already worked your way through Ghostwire Tokyo, Tiny Tina, and everything else that's come out the last couple of months. Um, but let's move into this tweet of the week. And this tweet comes while I have at Botster, and the O is actually a zero. And the tweet reads: It's happening. Hashtag Bloodborne Cart is real and will be coming out as soon as it's ready. Goes on to uh, talk about who did the logo, the announcement, as well as the music. Uh, so this this tied into the seventh anniversary of Bloodborne. And uh, yeah, we're getting a Bloodborne Cart game making its way to <laughs> no idea what platforms. But uh, yeah, if, if you like the characters that FromSoft created with Bloodborne, you'll be able to uh, race them around in cart form in the future. Um, yeah, so happy happy seventh anniversary to Bloodborne. And yeah, yeah. Bloodborne Cart is on the way. <laughs> the thing that no one ever asked for or thought that they needed is on its way. <laughs> it's it's nuts. It's so nuts. But like I'm here for it. I love a good cart game. So uh I'm not not very upset, but just more so very surprised by this. <laughs> I'm not mad and I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I'm just uh just neutral. But uh if you're neutral in Bloodborne cart, you ain't going nowhere. You need to be on the gas. So uh <laughs> get excited for that. Um, but yeah, that officially brings us to the end of THG 277. Miss Hart, you got anything else you wanted to say or shout out before we close down the studio for another week? Yeah, I'm just curious. Did you watch the deleted scene from the Batman movie? I did. I did. Well, obviously don't want to deep dive on it on the arse end of the podcast, but yay, nay. I, I was yay. I, I was under, like, I sort of watched it and then thought about it for a couple of minutes afterwards. And I'm like... Having that scene actually in the movie probably would have added a bit more weight to, yeah, there is a reveal at the end of the film as far mm. as what it alludes to. But having that scene earlier in the movie, I wouldn't have been upset about it. And I think it would have been nice to actually have that interaction because I like the portrayal and I like where they might be going with that in future Batman films. I know we're talking very broad stroke and non-spoilery <laughs> yeah. here. But yeah, if you've got to spare five minutes, just jump online. And you've and, and... seen the Batman movie. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good um, <laughs> disclaimer to, to to well. in there. Yeah. Make sure you've watched the Batman movie, jump online and find this deleted scene uh, which shows Batman talking to a, a particular character. I like the interaction and I like the portrayal and where they were going with it. It felt very different. And yeah, I'm, I'm a bit bummed it actually wasn't in the movie because I would have liked to have seen that halfway through the film or wherever they could have shoehorned that in to, to make it fit. Mm. I'm not fond of it. What about you? I'm not You're fond not of fond? It. 
Um, there are, are elements that now I'm kind of okay with and I can kind of see. Um, but in order for me to kind of get there, I had to read more of what Matt Reeves um, wanted to do and what he's trying to do. Um, but overall, I, I wasn't very impressed with it. So okay. um, I do agree, though, if they had put it in, it probably would have elevated the other scene. But um, o- overall, I just mm, a bit kind of. Uh. Yeah, just, just as long as this character in question, broad stroke vague, <laughs> uh, is not the focal point of the next film. Like I've seen yeah. this character used too much, like. Let let it be a slow burn. Let it be delivered in an in a movie down the line. Focus on other characters. Like, this is so hard we, to talk this we, broad. We, we really think our listeners are not like bright at all. They've already they've already figured it out. But either way, I agree. Like we've we've seen it enough. Um, I don't think it's going that way to be honest. But yeah, um, it, it was choices were made, and it should be interesting to see how they develop along the way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, check that out. If you've watched the movie, go check that five-ish minute deleted scene because yeah, I, I liked it and, it and it, yeah, it would have fit into the movie well. Like I don't think it would have lessened the the final scene by any stretch. I think mm. it would have just added a little bit more weight to it and um, yeah, grounded that character out a little bit more. But anyway, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of THG two seventy seven. One other quick throwaway: uh, we're on the hunt for. Someone to jump in and get involved and handle social media and do a bit of community management and sort of take the lead on that for 8-Bit as a whole. If this is something you wanted to uh, maybe maybe have a crack at or you've got some ideas and things uh, that you want to send our way that we could potentially improve on because socials isn't always our strongest suit. So we're hoping no. we can get someone in to just, uh, you know, take the reins on that and just be the legend they are and, and you know maximize that area so uh drop us an email hello at 8bit.net or hit us up on the dms if that's something that's of interest to you or you know somebody that could be a good fit feel free because i'd be happy to jump on a zoom call and chat it out and sort of talk about our ideas and what ideas you or, or your you know friend or recommended might have and uh yeah we just want to just want to try and maximize those this platform and do what we can to to get the best content into everyone's eyes and ears. But uh, yeah, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of 277. I think it's time to get on out of here. Um, how's your energy feeling? You good? You still on a high? Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going low. I'm going to go for round two. All right. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.